Hello and welcome to Interview with a Biologist. I'm your host, Megan Hauck. I am the seventh grade life science teacher at Unity Junior High. Biologists are people who study living things and ask lots of questions. Some biologists might ask questions like, how do plants produce their own food? Why do some animals give birth to live young and some lay eggs? And how are reptiles and birds related to each other? Biologists could work with humans, plants, or animals. Today, I'll be interviewing my friend Michael about his career in biology. Hey, I'm Michael Whalen. I'm a wildlife technician in Arizona, and I currently work with Masked Bob White. Awesome. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for being on with me today. Um, could you tell me a little bit about yourself, like how old you are, where you're from, what are your hobbies? Yeah, um, I'm 25. I am from Arizona, and I like to read and hike in beautiful mountains and hang out with my friends and eat my mom's food. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I know that biologists usually have a favorite organism, and I'm really curious what your favorite organism is and what's something cool that you like about that organism. Uh, this was a really tough question to answer, to be honest, um, <laughs> but I narrowed down my many choices to the sperm whale. Ooh, um, they are just like the weirdest combination of talents that you can find in the ocean. They can dive 10,000 feet into down under the waters. That's more than two miles almost. Wow. They can see a foot-long squid with their sonar from a mile away. Um, some of their clicks are so loud they could kill a human if you were right in front of them. And different family groups have different dialects, but they're kind of have a shared language they can use across groups. So they kind of move in these clans that, and some even know each other by name. So wow, they're just, they're just really cool. So a sperm whale can communicate with another sperm whale. Yes, and like up to thousands of miles away, they can hear each other too. That's incredible. Incredible. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh my goodness. They also, they also have the biggest brains of the animal kingdom. So there's that as well. So does that mean they're smarter than humans are? Do you know? Um, not smarter because their brains are different anatomically. So we probably have, uh, even though our brains are smaller, related to the rest of our bodies ours are better formed for um kind of cognitive thought but they're just have massive brains because they're such huge animals and they're really cool wow that's so cool it sounds like you know a ton about animals um can you tell me like how you know where'd you go to college what's your degree in so yeah i've kind of spent all my life since i was a little kid just being a big animal nerd um which is kind of why i chose to pursue a bachelor's of science in zoology at Olivet Nazarene University. I also got a minor in chemistry, just, but that's mostly because I can say that I've studied some chemistry. It doesn't really help me all that much. <laughs> Sounds really smart. Um, which for my students, they know I went there and that's actually how we became friends. Which is yeah. Um, so you said that you've liked animals ever since you were a kid. Um, have you always liked science in general? Yeah, I mean, I used to get home from school and fight my siblings to watch Wild Discovery on the Discovery Channel, channel and just watch documentaries about lions in Africa or dolphins in the oceans or even 
um, ant colonies in the Amazon. Um, but I mean, I also really loved reading books and I thought about pursuing English and all sorts of other things. But in the end, um, my passion for wildlife kind of brought me back to this degree in college. That's awesome. So you said that you got your degree in zoology. What is zoology? So zoology is pretty broad. Um, you can kind of think it's the study of animals. Um, anything from what they eat, where they live, how they behave, even if they have special things about their bodies that relates to how they survive, um, and also kind of how they interact to, to their surroundings as well. Interesting. So when I look at the word zoology, it looks like the word zoo at the beginning. And yeah. that's because, like a zoo has animals and you guys study animals. Mm-hmm. So your degree helped you get your job and you're a wildlife technician, right? Yep. So what does a wildlife technician do? And so we, we talk about how biologists ask questions. So I want to know what you do, but I also want to know what kind of questions you have to ask every day in your job. Yeah. So I actually kind of my whole job is spent answering the questions that animal biologists um, ask and want to know about the animals they're studying. Um, so some of those questions might be kind of like you've said, uh, what does an animal eat? Why do they choose that as something to eat and um, instead of other things they have available? Questions like, why does a mom bring its babies to a certain place to keep them alive? Um, so I, as a wildlife technician, will go out and I might monitor an animal that has a radio collar on so we can track it and know where it's spending its time. Um, I will measure vegetation or um, conduct studies and samplings to figure out the type of environment our animals are using most. Um, or if something happens to them, like they get an injury or sadly, if they die, we'll also kind of go investigate how that happened or what other animal was involved or even if people were the cause of it. So we kind of ask lots of questions about how animals survive and how people impact the environment around animals and all those sorts of things. That's fascinating. Right now you're living in Arizona, correct? Yep. And what are you working with? What kind of animals are you interacting with in your wildlife technician job right now? So I'm on working on a project trying to reintroduce masked bobwhite, um, which are actually really closely related to northern bobwhite, which I think you do have over there in Illinois. They're a species of quail. And masked bobwhite were um, extirpated from the landscape about uh, 30 years ago, which means they went extinct. So we still have some that have been kept in captivity, kind of like in a zoo. So the species isn't completely gone from the earth, but it's gone from the wild. And this project is trying to get the wild population back up and running, you could say. So um, we actually raise chicks, um, baby quail, and then we have them ad adopted by um, an adult quail that was caught in the wild. Um, and then we release them and see, hopefully that wild caught quail can teach the baby mass bobwhite how to live and survive. And if wow. we can do that enough, then eventually we hope the population will come back. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, can you 
you said some word, it started with an E, and you talked about extinction, but it wasn't the word extinction. Can yeah, you remind yeah, me what yeah. word you Yeah, I said ex- extirpation. Okay, so, so what does that mean? When an animal is extirpated, it means it's kind of um, extinct locally. So you can say it disappears from a certain area, or kind of like I said, when you really say extinction, it means there aren't any living members of a species on the planet at all versus extirpation which kind of means just locally extinction locally extinct or extinct in the wild means there's no wild living um, members of that species so like i said this bird the masked bobwhite there are members um, in facilities in oklahoma actually in texas but no wild ones that we know of. So that's why they're extirpated, but not yet technically extinct. Got it. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a hard time picturing like what you do. How do you like meet these animals every day? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, how do you yeah. find one? So kind of like I said, we have babies, um, but they are adopted by an adult bird. And that adult bird has a radio collar on it. So that's kind of like a little bib like um, you we had when we were babies that caught our food. But these are little bird bibs. Um, they sit on the bird's chest. They sit on the bird's chest and glued to it is a radio transmitter. So I can tune into that radio's frequency um, with my handheld receiver and an antenna and I can follow it out into the desert and hone in on where that bird actually is in real time based on the, the beeping sound that I hear over my radio. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. Today, I got kind of confused and turned around because the signal can bounce around depending on what kind of terrain you're surrounded by. And I ended up in the bottom of a wash and my bird was hiding from me for a while, but I finally found him, so it was exciting. Wow, that's so cool. So you're going to work outside a lot then? Oh, yeah. I spend almost all day, every day outside in the sun, getting to walk around nature. It's a really, really cool job. That's so awesome. So you get to be outside. You get to work with these quail. What are they called again? Bob whites? Yep, bob whites. Masked bob whites. So what do you like most about working with animals? Maybe these quail, but maybe any other animals. What do you like most about working with them in general? It's really, really, really cool getting to see, see and learn how another living thing survives and lives its life. Um, <laughs> and I love being outside. And this has been a job that lets me do that while learning about the world around me in a really cool and kind of specific way. It's a lot of fun. That's so cool. Um, one thing I know about you just because we're friends is that you care a lot about conservation. And that's pretty yes, important. I do. Could you tell um, us a little bit about what conservation means, what it is? Yeah, so um, environmental con- conservation specifically is kind of um, humans working their best to protect the environment from causes that we might um, bring about that harm the environment. So you can conserve animals, you can ser- conserve plants. Um, We fight to conserve the ocean. Basically, we want to make sure that humans aren't harming and hurting the world around us. So, I don't really understand why it matters um, that plants and animals are endangered. Do you think that they actually interact with us or connect to our lives in any way? 
Oh, definitely. Um, I think it's kind of hard to see sometimes today because we can just go to a grocery store and buy food and it's, it's hard to see why that um, is dependent on animals or plants. But even the animals that, sure, we might mostly eat cows and chickens, but they depend on the earth and the land and the water resources around them. And kind of with wildlife specifically, we can learn how healthy the, the world around us is based on how the wild animals who live in that world are surviving and thriving themselves. So say in Illinois, you guys are surrounded by a lot of farmland um, and someone is studying deer or pheasants or bluebirds and sees that those numbers are going down. Um, that person might find the cause of that is a depleted water source. And that's a clue into, oh no, maybe the water that we depend on for farms, um, that's also in danger, or that's also polluted. And then suddenly it's not just a bluebird dying in the woods behind your house, that, but it's a larger issue of, are we protecting our crops that people need to, to eat and survive? Or am I protecting how healthy my water is so that the people around me um, can live their healthiest lives too. Um, this world that we get to live in is really, really interconnected and lots of things depend on each other and kind of keeping an eye and seeking to protect endangered plants and animals is kind of just the first step in making sure we're all healthy and um, able to live our happiest lives. Wow. You know what I think is cool is that you're a wildlife technician and you get to work with animals, but you working with animals also is really like working with people because what you said was they're all interconnected. And that's so cool. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. Okay. I have one last question for you. It's really important. Bring it on. We have been talking in class a little about how scientists, a lot of them really love to read and they love books. Did you, do you like to read? And if you do, did you have a favorite book in middle school? Oh, I like to read more than I like to talk to people. So the answer is yes. I love books. In middle school, um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but there's this series called the Fable Haven series. And it's kind of this um, fantasy world, but it takes place in ours. And it's clue into why I love it so much is about people who fight to protect magical creatures um, from the modern world and they live on special sanctuaries and preserves and it's just one of the best series almost as good as Harry Potter I gotta say <laughs> um, so everybody I tell everybody they have to read Fable Haven that's awesome I'll get some from my classroom and I'll I'll hand them out to some kids yes do it Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being here with us today and telling us about being a wildlife technician. Um, we loved having you. And thank you, students, for joining us with Interview with a Biologist. And next time, you can tune in to hear me talk to my friend, Nurse Shelley, talk about her job as a nurse. Maybe you know her. She works at our school. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on Life Science for 7th Graders, the podcast. You can now follow us on Instagram at science, the number four, seventh. So that's science for seventh. Also, do you have any science questions that you're dying to have answered? You can send in a voice message asking a question, and you might be featured on a future episode. Go to my podcast page on anchor.fm to submit a question. <laughs>